Stacy and Devin. The internet tells us that we're a health and wellness podcast, but you won't find any professional advice here. <laughs> That's right. We are just here to share our journeys so that hopefully our failures make you feel better about yours. Uh, Devin, is there a category for just relatable podcasts? I don't know. Probably. Let's be that. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, enjoying post-Thanksgiving stuff. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just leftovers or do you have other post-Thanksgiving things that you oh, partake in? Just mostly left- leftovers and, and okay. the joy, the joy of the season. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I know that you just had a visitor at your I place. Did. I did. Two how visitors, was- actually. Oh, yes, that's right. So tell me what how was how did that go yeah so my parents came up for thanksgiving since we had just moved in our house uh two weeks ago and um you know i was just like oh i'm too stressed we've got too much to do i can't travel for thanksgiving and so my parents were like well we'll bring thanksgiving to you and so they did yeah my mom and dad came up um and celebrated with this it was very nice excellent i saw a picture of your dad trimming the turkey or is that what you call it trimming the turkey I think so, yeah. Stuffing and uh, something doing something with a turkey. There was a turkey <laughs> and your dad in a picture. Right. This is yes. what I know. <laughs> yes. Yes, because yeah, I have no idea. Like I have never cooked an actual turkey and I would have no idea and I would probably throw up if I tried because you have to reach in the chest cavity and pull yep. out like all the guts and stuff and Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Even just watching him do it it was disgusting and uh there was this little butt piece that was like i think the tip of the tail and it yeah. still had like a lot of little feather tubes oh no like not the actual <laughs> feathers but like right. the but like the where the feathers stuck into the yeah oh, oh god it was gross yeah oh. um so yeah he handled all of that yes yes yeah yes. that's understandable <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. And then it's kind of funny because, you know, my dad, he was a chef in the Coast Guard and he cooks everything from scratch and he can do everything great. And then you've got me who's like, oh, we're going to have stuffing. Let me just get like a pre-made frozen (laughs) stuffing casserole. And I got a green bean casserole. And for the deviled eggs, I got hard-boiled eggs that were already hard-boiled. Oh, my gosh. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, why would I boil these and pill them which is the hardest part when i can buy them already done and they taste the same that's a good point that's a good point (laughs) yeah so most people it takes like because i did this one year the very first year that we lived that we bought a house we had everybody over for thanksgiving and i spent two days preparing everything for this meal and then everyone comes over and eats in like 15 minutes and Mm -hmm. then you spend the rest of the day cleaning up the kitchen and uh yeah this was nothing like we uh you know of course my dad had to prepare the uh turkey the night before because he brined it um oh yes yeah so he did that fancy stuff but everything else we started about an hour before we were ready to eat popped it in the oven you know maybe stirred a few things like i even bought instant gravy um (laughs) and so yeah (laughs) at first my parents were like oh our daughter and then uh, we sat down to eat and everything was really good and so they were surprised and i was like look how much time i saved and we had um uh the you know so everything's already in packages because it's casserole that you know whatever you just pop in the oven so right put a little saran saran wrap over it and pop it in the refrigerator and you're 
you're good to go. And the kitchen was clean in like 10 minutes. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you have you have solved. You have solved the Thanksgiving puzzle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nice. I have mastered Thanksgiving. All right. Well, I'll have to remember that because I did not do that. I was dumb. <laughs> Um, we, uh, of course we went over to my, to neck, we wandered through the woods to my in-laws mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. have Thanksgiving dinner. But you know, I, I feel like I have to bring something like, I don't want to just show up in, empty handed and then like eat right. all the food. Like that feels very rude. So, right. um, my, my addition, my like signature dish at this point is a, um, like an apple and squat butternut squash casserole. That's like, um, got like cinnamon and nutmeg and like so it's got like pumpkin pie ish type of taste to it oh. but, it's, but it's you know apples and and squash and mm-hmm. it's baked in the oven for a while and um so it's really good and i made that and i made a pumpkin pie from scratch well not the not the um uh crust but everything mm-hmm. else and then i made um some pumpkin bread because i had a lot of pumpkin so i was like i'll oh. just make some pumpkin bread so yes I was, fun- I was thinking about you because you always talk about how I have all these rituals. And I was like, I don't have any rituals for Thanksgiving. I hate Thanksgiving, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then I like got up and I'm like cooking and we put on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and the kids are watching mm-hmm. that. And I'm like making this food and I'm like, oh, I have rituals. That I do. <laughs> <laughs> you totally do. It's who you are. It is who I am. <sighs> I can't get away from it. So apparently I also have Thanksgiving rituals too. Yes. You know, that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Thanksgiving Day rituals, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that we were thinking about, you had suggested, or I guess our, our, uh, our producer, uh, yes. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hacker, uh, had suggested that maybe you could interview your mom since she was going to be in town. Yes. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I at one point interviewed my mom around Thanksgiving too because mm-hmm. there's like this whole thing called the National Day of Listening and I will put it in show notes that was uh, kind of, uh, or the Great Listen. It's called a lot of different things depending on who you're, like where you get to it from, what website you go to. But it was started by... Um, NPR StoryCorps, like I think back in 2008. And the Mm -hmm. idea was instead of going out and like um, going out on Black Friday and like buying a whole bunch of stuff and and falling into consumerism and all this, like just spend time with your family. And actually, why don't you spend time talking to them and get to know them and ask them questions and, you know, like find stories and then record them. And then you have this like archive of cool things about your family Mm -hmm. so um i was like oh i have stuff that i did like 10 years ago and you have this stuff that you could do today and we could like maybe put it together and have a national day of listening podcast episode special for thanksgiving (laughs) yes so that explains what we're doing here Uh, so yeah, so without further ado, we'll go ahead and let you take a listen to our, uh, to our interviews of the wonderful parental people in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And hopefully you will enjoy our families as much as we do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
On November 25th and 26th of 2010, I spent the Thanksgiving holiday sticking my new blue snowball microphone into the face of anyone who would let me. <laughs> Trying to record stories from both the Will Hoyt and the Alley sides of the family for NPR's StoryCorps' National Day of Listening. I interviewed my grandmother, Lucille Wilhoyt, whom I always called Mugger, and you might be asking yourself, why did you call your grandmother Mugger? Well, this is my grandmother telling me why I called her Mugger. Hey, do you know how come that you started calling me Mugger? How come? Why did I start calling you Mugger? I've got to tell you this. Okay. Well, when we brought you to Tennessee, you were little. And one day you asked me something, but you called me mother. And I did not want you calling me mother because you had a mother. And I said to you, I am not your mother. I am your grandmother. And big old tears started coming down your cheeks. (laughs) Because that I told you I wasn't your mother. And from then on, I was mugger. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know why you came up with that particular way of saying it, but you never call me mother again. So that was the way that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I have called you mugger ever since. Yes. And I have also made everyone in and the world every, call you mugger. Yeah, everybody around. <laughs> so that's all right long as they call me and I can answer it, I'll be grateful. <laughs> I love you, Mugger. I love you, too. <laughs> and so Mugger and I ended up having a really long conversation about music, and I wanted to share some of those highlights with you um, from our conversation that we had about her life and her interest in music. And um, part of what I wanted to talk to you about today is that Uh, you've told me a lot about, uh, when you were younger and playing in a band and how, how old were you when you, uh, what, first of all, what instrument did you play? I played straight guitar. Okay. And how old were you when you learned how to play guitar? I was, let's see, in the seventh grade, I was about 11, 10, 11. So you're about Ashlyn's age. Right. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how did you learn how to play? Well, I had a teacher, uh, they had, that he come to the school and he would teach, uh, guitar. And so I went and took lessons. And the first, that's been a long, many years ago, but the first lesson, as I remember that he taught us, the first song was... Bye bye blues, bye bye blues. <laughs> I'll never forget that, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, you played guitar and you learned how to play really well. What, how old were you when you started playing in a band? Oh, uh, let's see. I was uh, 13. All right. And uh, what what was the what type of music did you play mostly? Country and western, and, and uh, we played for a lot of square dances and and a lot of what they called juke joints back then. <laughs> and, and what's a, what's a juke joint? It's like um, 
little places where they have a jukebox and uh, then like for us they would hire us on weekends to play live music so people could dance by and they serve drinks wait a minute wasn't this during the prohibition yeah but this was when we would get the have the alcohol served we'd have to go down in Florida across the line but it was only a few miles down into Florida and then back in Alabama we'd play for the VFW dances and anybody else who wanted us to play for a dance so uh, who all was in your band they were three guys and two girls I was one of the girls Nellie was one of the other girl, and Ralph was the fiddle player, and Taff played rhythm guitar, and they were brothers. Nellie was their sister. Okay, so those are all the people in your original band? Yeah, that was the, that was a whole bunch of us. Okay, so how long did you play in this band? Let's see, I started when about 30, playing about 1938, and I quit in 41. Okay. When I had my first child. So was that what caused you to quit, was that you had a kid? I had a job, had a baby, and didn't have time. Okay. But you kept playing up till that point? Yes. What would you say, um, like, what's your favorite memory of playing? Oh, God, I had a lot of good memories playing in the band. I had a lot of good friends. We were pretty close. And uh, I stayed in touch with them all over the years. And uh, they were all from Alabama also, and... Nellie, when she married, she went moved off to Florida, but she was the only. And 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 when I married, I moved off to uh, Tennessee, <laughs> and so that kind of. And then uh, one of the guys that played, I forgot to mention him, Curly Chalker. What did he, he play? He played the steel guitar, and he was very good at it, and he patterned himself after Jerry Bird. Everybody knows who Jerry Bird was. And um, he went to Nashville, made it big, and died young. Do you know what he died of? No, I don't. And I heard that he had a son, but I don't know that or don't know what his name was or nothing. I would like to know, but I don't. Because mm-hmm. we were good friends. And Nellie is still alive, and I'm still alive, and that's the, all the rest of them are gone on. Did your parents know that you played in the band? Yes, they knew. Did they support you? Yes. My mama was, my mama was a big supporter of music. She loved music. And if she would have had a chance, hadn't been depression and all that crap coming along, she probably did a lot more than what she did. But she used to sing while she worked around the house and whistle. She was really good at whistling.
but she had to work hard like all the rest of us because of the depression to keep things going. Do you ever miss it? Oh yeah, I used to miss it a lot, but not as much so anymore. Oh, I still think about it sometimes and even considering getting me a guitar and <clears throat> and start practicing and playing, but I, I guess I'm just too old for that. My eyes are bad, and uh, my hearing is not all that great. <laughs> so I guess it's better I don't. Mostly what we played was songs that you could square dance by. Mm-hmm. Because that's mainly what we did, play for square dancers. Do you know how to square dance? Yes. I didn't know that. Well, I sure do. <laughs> I was good at square dancing. I always wanted to be a dancer. <laughs> really? But my folks never had the money to pay for lessons. So I, I wanted to be a real dancer, not just somebody who picked up dancing. I wanted to be learn tap and that kind of dancing, but you had to have somebody to teach you that, and I, they couldn't afford it. Yeah. So I didn't have, I, what I learned, I learned on my own. Oh, my mom, she loved music. And she had a, a thing that she played, and I don't remember what it was called. What did it look like? It was... Uh, square at the bottom and would come off slim at the top and then the keys were at the bottom and had strings on it like a guitar and you could uh, put it down in your lap and play it and I just can't remember what it was called but I have heard that it is one instrument that is going by the wayside and some some uh, group is trying to revive it but I don't know enough about it to tell you who or what yet that's interesting what kind of music did she play well she played songs like old fashioned songs a lot of Irish type things and uh, songs like uh, Butcher Boy and Knoxville Girl and and um, Mary Feggins and Rose in a Briar and oh there's old songs and she, oh she, she also sang she'll make a man around the mountains when she comes a lot and <laughs> 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 uh, uh, whistle she could whistle anything now i was trying to focus on the theme of music for these specific interviews because music had always been so important in my family However, other stories kept making their way into the conversations, uh, like my grandmother telling stories about her mother and pets. Well, my mom 
loved cats. And when she was a young girl, she had oh, a whole bunch of cats. And uh, so my granddaddy told her that to pick out two cats out of the bunch that she wanted to keep, and he was going to give the others away. Well, in order to get to the house from the main road, you had a had a what they call a a, a cutoff road that came up to the house that got you down to the main road. And so, Granddaddy, she picked out the two cats. Granddaddy put the other cats into a croco sack, put them on the wagon, and started down the lane to the main road with them. And my mom started running after him, telling him that, no, she wanted to exchange these two cats for two more different cats. And my granddaddy kind of got aggravated with her, so he just took the whole sack of cats and emptied them out there in the lane and let her keep them all. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't like cats, do you? Nope. Uh Uh-uh. Didn't take that after my mom, for sure. She liked cats and dogs. And you don't like either one of them? No, like either one of them. No, she always kept the dog. And and, 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 and and Daddy didn't like them either, but sometimes he couldn't help himself. She was bigger than he was. <laughs> I also tried to interview my mom, Dee Wilhoyt, uh, about music too, because she was a major influence on me and my life and my love of music. But she wasn't as comfortable with the interview format, possibly because I made her tell the world how old she was. Do I have to say how old I am? Can, <laughs> can I just say who I am and where I was born and just leave the how old I am out? You have to do an estimation on how old you are. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, my name's Dee Wilhoyt, and I was born in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, I am 50 years old. I turned 50 this year. So I didn't really want to tell anyone that, but okay. No, that's okay because she doesn't look 50 at all. Well, thank you. (laughs) It's good to know. (laughs) But I did get her to talk some about her early love of music. Well, I have loved music ever since I was a little, little girl. Um, In fact, I can remember probably about the time I was four years old at Watts New Pussycat by Tom Jones <laughs> was playing on the radio. So I can, I can remember listening to that when I was really pretty young. Um, so music's been a part of my life since childhood. Mom sang. You know, she would sing. She would pay me not to sing, though, um, <laughs> because I can't carry a tune in a bucket. So she would actually give me money so that I wouldn't sing. But um, I loved music. I loved listening to the radio. Um, And I loved all kinds of music, everything. Um, And when I grew up, I um, actually went to work for a radio station as a DJ for several years, um, top 40 and country. Um, But I love everything, all kinds of music. There's very little music I don't like. What was the first album you bought? (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
uh, it was a monkey's album. I can't remember which one it was. That would be the first album. How old, how old were you when I you bought your first album? Probably seven or eight years old. And then I got Easy Rider, the soundtrack to Easy Rider. That's that gets you much more cool points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cred stats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my mom was a little disturbed by that album, but I actually <laughs> saved up my money and bought that myself. How and old were you when you bought the Easy Rider album? I was probably seven or eight years old. Wow. Yeah, I was pretty young, but... Um, you were such a hardcore seven-year-old. But <laughs> there was, you know, the the Pusher Man song. That yeah. was the one she objected to because they cursed in it and, you know... <laughs> I guess she thought I was a little too young to be listening to stuff with curse words in it, but it was a great album. Awesome album. Oh. And the Monkees. I mean, I had every Monkees album as I was growing up because I loved them. <laughs> like every other girl my age during that time. I also asked her about the radio station that she worked at when she was living in Oak Ridge during the early 1980s. So what about the first radio station that you worked at? What, tell us the story, because I, I believe that it's kind of an interesting station. <laughs> well, it was, um, it was a small community station. It was WATO, WETQ. They are no longer in business. But um, at the time, they were the local radio station. In so what city? In Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Um, and it was kind of funny, because uh, I walked in there with my um, demo tape. I was 19 years old <laughs> and had no clue about <laughs> how to go about doing that. But I just walked in and handed them my demo tape and they listened to it right there and had me go sit out in the waiting room and had somebody else listen to it. And then they came out and offered me a job. Wow. So it was very <laughs> fast, and I was pretty happy. So my demo tape must have been really good. <laughs> you still have it anywhere? Um, I had it on cassette tape for a while, but I don't know where it is now. Where those cassette tapes ended up, because, you know. Yeah. I don't use those much anymore. But, um, and we would, uh, we would, like, they would have union meetings, um, you had wait. You had a union? No, 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 oh. no, 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 not at the radio station. <laughs> the big employer in Oak Ridge at the time was a company called Union Carbide, um, and there were three nuclear facilities. One was a uranium enrichment plant. One was a defense weapons plant, and one was a graphite reactor. And Union Carbide owned all of them, and it, they were union. And they would have these union meetings, and we would telecast these things and they had to be the most boring <laughs> boring thing in the world <laughs> and i used to wonder why in the world would anyone want to listen to an hour long but ever, almost everybody in oak ridge was employed by that company so it was very important to them and then we broadcast like the wildcat which was the high school football team games which were very important and crucial to the town too so it was an interesting little community radio station. Hmm. And what kind of music did they play there? Um, they had two stations. WATO played Top 40. Um, WETQ played Country. So I started out actually working at the Top 40 side. And then I got 
really good ratings. Um, and so they actually moved me over to the countryside um, because the ratings that I got were so high. They do like, you know, Nielsen ratings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my ratings were really good. So they moved me over and I did country. I I'm, wasn't a huge country fan, <laughs> but um, there was some of it that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time in the early 80s, I can't imagine you were a huge top 40 fan either. <laughs> no, no. No, but it was a little better. And, you know, I would, uh, I would every once in a while slip in a B side and something that <laughs> sounded a little bit better than the top 40. So <laughs> I was, I, it, I got, I, I got in trouble once for playing, um, it was a Beatles song. It was like back in the USSR or something. Oh, well, you shouldn't be playing anything that would suggest anything <laughs> about communism in, uh, you know, Cold War Oak Ridge. You should have known better than that. <laughs> so, yeah, every once in a while I'd get bit for, you know, being a little rebellious. But that was, that was me, always <laughs> rebellious. My mom, being who she was, was just much more comfortable having casual conversations with people like here where we're talking about songs that were important to us as kids, just hanging out on the back porch in my house when we lived in Powell, Tennessee. How about you, Dee? Did you have a song? We had. We actually had a lot of songs. We had a lot of songs. I'm sure. We did. We made up songs. Like, we put a tune to... Uh, the dish ran away with the spoon thing. Yeah. Remember uh-huh. that? And um, that was for Josh. Yep. And then there was something. I used to sing you in the bathtub. That I made Hey, up. no, that was Josh. You sang in the Hey Diddle Diddle Cat in the Fiddle song in the tub. No, I did the Little Fishy. Little Fishy in the Water Can't Catch yeah. Me song. Okay. Yeah. Little Fishy in the Water Can't Catch Me. Yeah. Which we totally made up. I'm... <laughs> We made up songs all the time. Yeah. I can't sing. I don't know how the kids stood it, but um, <laughs> but yeah, we made up a lot of interesting songs. And then you did the same thing with Ash. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I made up all kinds of crazy songs for her. Ashlyn sings very well. <laughs> she does. And this is a good thing. And she did not get that from my side of the family. <laughs> But uh, but mom was actually a DJ. Yes. That's what I did when I got out of high school. I was a DJ for years. That's a pretty neat job to have. It was a fun job to have. I love music. Always love music. Um, It's just... It was just a way to get away from everything. You know, I could just listen and just go in another world. It was kind of like reading. You know, you read a book and you're not here anymore. So music was important. I remember singing along to you when you were on the radio. Yep. Singing along to the songs that you played. You would sing and you would dance. You would sit and... and I can see that. I, can see, <laughs> I think it confused you to hear my voice with me not in the room. Like you would hear me talking, but I wasn't there, and mm-hmm. that was kind of confusing for you. <laughs> but you, you know, you would just get all excited, and you would sing, and you would dance, and it was a lot of fun for you. You remember our house? Oh yeah, yeah. No, our house was the first song I ever learned how to sing because the chorus was fa la 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 la, so it was really easy. <laughs> but no. 
Well, I don't think any of us could carry a tune in a bucket, so. <laughs> I never could. I sang all the time. I mean, my mom used to pay me to not sing. <laughs> so I started singing in the car with the windows rolled up. I still sing in the car with the windows rolled up. I don't care. People can look at me strange. It's fine. <laughs> I will sing in the car with the windows rolled down, but I'm brave. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to inflict that kind of pain on anybody <laughs> else. So I just keep it to myself. But, boy, I like to sing. (laughs) I am always grateful whenever I have time to be truly present with my family and listen to their stories. And I am so grateful that over a decade ago, I decided it would be a great idea to stick a microphone in my family's faces and ask them to tell me their stories despite how bizarre and awkward it was sometimes. It was really great that I got these. And one of the reasons is because in 2016, I did lose both my mom and my grandmother. I'm glad I have an audio record of some of the time that we spent together. This is precisely why whenever Stacy said, oh, hey, I'm thinking about interviewing my mom, I was like, this is a great idea. And so without further ado, I turn it over to my buddy in crime, Stacy. Hello, this is Stacy from Weekly Buddy Time. I don't have Devin with me today because I'm doing a special episode. Devin told me about this tradition, I guess, or initiative with a company called Story Corps. And they do a thing on Thanksgiving called the Great Thanksgiving Listen. And it's where you're supposed to sit down with your family and talk about history or themselves or just sit down and listen to whatever they have to say. So today on our podcast, I have my mother. Say hello, mother. Hello, mother. <laughs> How are you today, Buttercup? I'm good. How are you, Mom? Oh, I'm just fine. We've been out on a wonderful lunch date today, all four of us, in that little Tesla with uh, Major sitting in the back seat mm-hmm. between me So there and were five of us. There were five, yes. Not four, there were five. That's right. So we had a good time today. Good. Okay, so tell them your name. Uh, my name is Carolyn Irick, and I'm married to Hal, and I'm Stacy's mother. Mm-hmm. And where were you born? I was born in Knoxville, Tennessee. And where do you live? I live uh, in Halls in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I wasn't sure exactly, but it's Knoxville, Tennessee, and we are a half a mile from Union County line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So a tradition that we always have on Weekly Bay Time is to talk about what we're drinking. So what are you drinking today, Mother? Oh, I'm drinking ice water. Ice water? You didn't You didn't want to drink any wine today? Oh, gosh, no. You all do not. I repeat, not want me to drink a glass of wine. Oh, it was an episode and a half, people. I am telling you. <laughs> yeah, so last night we had Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, we broke out some wine to uh, have with dinner, and Mom had one glass, and she just, her giggle box got turned over, and we don't even know what she was laughing about, but we all had a great time because of it. But Yes, we were drinking wine before, as you were cooking the meal, yes. before we sit down, yes. and then the champagne bottle came out. <laughs> yes. So your father... <laughs> was wanting me to hurry up and drink my wine so I could try the champagne. 
And I actually believe that's where the giggle box uh-huh. got turned on. Is I think so. He was pushing me to try champagne, the bubbly stuff. The bubbly. He was <laughs> wanting you to try the bubbly. Yes, but we had a wonderful time and had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. It was really, really fantastic. <laughs> and then for myself, I am drinking some green tea from... Uh, August, which we've talked about before, August tea, and it's green tea with vanilla and cardamom. So very tasty if anyone's looking for some good green tea. (laughs) So today, what we want to talk about is I just wanted to kind of talk about you, mom, and we can talk about whatever, but I thought we would start with uh, maybe telling the story of how and you, how are you, dang it, how you and dad met. Okay. Uh, After graduation from high school, I signed up for the uh, Knox Area Vocational Technical School down on Liberty Street. Hal was getting out of the service, so he also went down there to the school, and we met there. We had uh, what they called office machines class together, and so that's how we met. We sit beside of each other, and how that happened, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> So then uh, I was trying to learn where my decimal points or or periods went on these antique office machines that came over before Noah's Ark. Were they like a typewriter or like a big computer box or what did they look like? did you use them to type letters? What did you do Let's with see. them? How did, no, we type, We punched in. I guess it's like an old typewriter, except it's twice the size of an old typewriter. And they had a bar that went back to the left mm-hmm. as you were putting in numbers. And for some reason, I kept getting my periods all mixed up. So Hal would try to help me. So on a test one day... He had helped me too much, and I just got so upset because I was trying to figure it out on my own, and I turned around. He said on my left side, and I turned around and said, I hate you. Leave me alone. So from that, he did. He didn't say a word to me for three solid days. Normally, our teacher, Mrs. Coggins, had to call us down in class every single day because we were teasing each other and of course Hal, and he was picking and, on you yes he was picking on me and as stacy knows her daddy loves to aggravate people especially family so she looked at me after everybody had left class one after the third day and she said carolyn and she looked real serious and she said I haven't had to call down you or how neither one. She said, what's wrong? And I told her, I said, I just told him I hated him because he was pestering me too much. But after that, I think I made the first move in talking to him the next day in class. So we've been together ever since. And that was 51 years ago. Yeah, we've been married 51 years. So tell them what you said that first day of class when he walked in. Oh, I was sitting by, there was three of us on each row. It was a big desk, so you could get three people on one desk, three chairs. And um, 
When Hal walked in the room, I told the girl beside of me, I said, there he is. I said, that's the man I'm going to marry. He had on dark brown pants, a medium brown shirt, and a dark colored tie with dark brown shoes because at the school we had to dress like we would go into the office. Now remember, this was 50 years ago. <laughs> there were no shorts, no ladies' pants. The girls all had to wear dresses back mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And you were dating somebody at the time. Yes, I was dating someone else at the time. Uh -huh. But when I saw Hal, I knew he was it. He was the number one in my life from then on. Mm -hmm. So, um, where did you go on your first date? Uh, we went to Hal's basketball game mm -hmm. on January the 3rd. 1970 on our third date january the 6th now i know a lot of you're gonna laugh at this we started going steady <laughs> <laughs> he gave me his class ring and then five months later we got married mm -hmm, so yeah. we were together only five months and apparently it was just fine because you've been together for ever since ever since 51 yes. years yes we sure have. There has been some weird days in there. <laughs> and there's been a lot of good days and a few bad. Yeah. But we have made it this far, so we've decided we're just going to stay together and <laughs> tough it out. All right, yeah. <laughs> After all this time, we might as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then, uh, of course, I wanted to have a child right off, and Hal said no. He said, let's wait a little while. And it was a good thing because we had to get used to each yeah. other. You know, because we both slept alone. I had a big full-size bed. He had a twin bed that he slept in. So it was really good because my sister had already been married four years. So I had the bedroom all to myself. Mm. So then four years later, Kelly came along. And then... Seven years later, yeah, Miss Stacy, our precious baby girl, yeah, she came along. Quite a big gap there. Yes, there was. Well, I had no intentions of having a second one. I tell you, it is not fun going through that labor. <laughs> and I had Kelly all natural. No so, um, epidural or anything? No. Oh, wow. Well, eventually it got to hurting so bad, I was yelling for some medication. Yeah. <laughs> and I, your daddy was standing over beside of my uh, hospital bed, and he was in tears because I was hurting so oh, bad. Oh, yeah. Because Kelly came uh, a whole month early. Okay. So I wasn't prepared. I hadn't had my Lamaze classes or oh, anything. Wow. So she came all natural. But toward the end, they finally gave me what they call a saddle block. Okay. But, buddy, you have terrible effects from that saddle block. You have really bad, excruciating headaches. Oh, wow. For 24 hours. But I got past it, you know, when I saw her. And then your daddy came in and stuff. So with you, it was easier, even though you were early, too. Yeah. Didn't I come, like, three months early or something? No. You came January the 26th, but you were yeah. not due till March 7th. Oh, right. Yeah. So two, one and a half months. Yeah, about one and a half months. Yeah. And yet, even then, I had quit work 
a few days before you came, mm-hmm. but I thought I had a whole month and a half. <laughs> I thought I can rest and get ready for this baby, but that didn't work out neither. I guess you just were too excited about hitting this yeah. earth. <laughs> I probably got a little hyper in there and then was like, yes. I need some room. I need somewhere to go. <laughs> yes. I believe that was it. She was ready to explore things. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And she's been exploring ever since. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you all know that. Anybody that knows Stacy knows that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you've been married 51 years. What's one of your favorite stories? Um, oh, gosh. Now, we should have rehearsed that part. <laughs> uh, I guess my very favorite is A Day After You Were Born. Hal went home from the hospital. No, it was the same day. Okay. He went home to be with Kelly that evening because Carly, Hal's mother, had come down Mm -hmm. to stay with her because she couldn't come to the hospital then. Yeah. And And you all lived in Athens. Athens, Tennessee. Yes. So Hal went home to stay the night with her. So the next morning I had, I think it's called postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I shared a room. It was a semi-private room back then when you were born. And um, uh, I was sitting, laying there in the bed. And all of a sudden just tears streaming down my face. So the nurse come in and said, what's wrong? Well, I was crying, so I couldn't even answer. So she said, well, have you got an upset stomach? Well, I just shook my head, yes, which I really didn't. And so she said, well, let me get you something. Well, I thought she would bring me a pill, but no, she brought a needle. Oh, no. So I got a shot for that, for something I didn't even have. And so... After she left, I had the sheet up over my head, and the girl that had just had a baby the same day you were born, she said, what's wrong? I said, I need a clown to walk in here and make me laugh. In walks your dad. <laughs> so As he if cheered on cue. Me Yes, he cheered me up, and I was fine. I guess that's about my favorite story. No. So. Well, tell them about that time. I think it was... Was it your birthday or your anniversary? And Dad um, brought shampoo and cream rinse. Oh, gosh. Yes, it was our, it might have been our anniversary. He was getting ready. I had, I've decided I wasn't going to tell him just to see if he would remember it. Mm-hmm. So I went all day and I thought, surely he's going to say happy anniversary. And he was out. Well, he was getting ready to go bowling or something. Ah. I forget now what it was. So as he started out the back door, I said, oh, by the way, happy anniversary. Well, his mouth dropped to the floor. And back then, everything closed at 9 o'clock. All the stores, believe it or not, they all closed. Well, later on, when he come home, he brought me a bag. And he said... Happy anniversary. It was a bottle of shampoo and bottle of cream rinse. (laughs) (laughs) I could not believe it. I thought of all things. But I guess it's like they say, the thought counts, (laughs) even though I had to tell him. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't think there's much thought in that. I think he panicked. Really? Went to probably like Walgreens or something. Yeah. No, and there wasn't Walgreens back then. It was oh. Refco. Oh, Refco. That's all we had. Were they open 24 hours? No. no. <laughs> Where did he even get the shampoo? Well, he probably stopped on his way to bowling or something and thought, I better get something. Yeah. yeah. So that's what was funny. But yeah, <laughs> never said a word all day long. And see, his birthday is... T- Two days. No, Before. wait a minute. His birthday is the 26th, and our anniversary is the 28th of June. Mm-hmm. So he should have remembered. Yeah. There was no excuse, no. really. No, Except got married on his birthday. But his daddy always teased him and said he got to be his own boss for two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's 18? right. Is it, was he? Oh, uh, he no turned boss? 21. Oh, 21. Okay. He was 21. We were married in June. I was 18 and then turned 19 that September. But yeah, his daddy said at 21, you get to be your own boss for two days. <laughs> so... <laughs> And his daddy was always saying, uh, you can always tell who runs the household by the children you have. If yeah. you have all boys, which he had two, or Carly had two boys, yeah. then that meant the man was the boss in the oh. family. And of course, I had two girls, so I guess Ed hit it right on the nose. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think Devin will like. Devin's not here, but I think since she has three girls, she'll like yes, that comment. Yes, really. <laughs> She's really the boss, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, that's right. Every now and then, me. Every now and then, we let the men think. They're yeah, the boss. That's right. That's yeah. right. We have to do that, or their ego gets messed up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you would like to share on the podcast today, Mother? Um, it can be about anything, and if not, that's okay, but just wanted to well, give you the opportunity. Let's see. We have two grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly has a girl and a boy, so I guess the boss there is half and half. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kamaya is in her sophomore year in high school, mm-hmm. and Dominic is... Uh, seventh grader in middle school no he's in the sixth grade he's 13 so i guess he's he's in the eighth he uh, be in the eighth grade i think so maybe that's it gosh time flies listen to that folks as you get older the time just starts flying by every day it's like you get up you spend a few hours in that day the next thing you know, it's time to go to bed and start all over again. That's so true. Dominic could be in the eighth grade. I yeah, have to ask Kelly. He, I think they're two years apart. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're yeah. two years. So that would make it right yep. then. Yep. And they're good grandbabies. And like normal, they have their moments just like children. But they are precious and we do love them a lot. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't guess there's anything else, really, except... You want to tell them about Roscoe? Oh, our baby Roscoe. Oh, my goodness. He is so spoiled. It's, the, it's his their dog? Yes. He is part <laughs> Jack Russell and part Blue Healer. We got him when he was eight weeks old because the lady that had him... Or... Uh, she didn't have him. <laughs> she, <laughs> she got him from a friend. 
she the apartment she was moving into she could not have animals so Hal brought him up to the house. I was playing on the computer, and he says, look here what I got. We want a dog. And I was still traumatized by losing Mickey, our Pomeranian, about mm -hmm. eight years ago. Uh, no, I guess it's been four years when Roscoe came, and that I didn't want another dog. So Hal said, oh, if we don't keep him, she takes him to the dog pound. Well, I did not want him to go to the dog pound, because, you know, sometimes they don't make it out of there. So I said, all right, he's on a trial basis. If I don't like him, he's out the door. Mm -hmm. Well, he's four and a half years old, folks, and he is still on his trial basis. She threatens him all the time if he doesn't yeah. behave. Yes, I threaten him and tell him if he doesn't walk the line. But he's taken over all the chairs in the living room. I have to keep sheets on them. And he is, he's very spoiled, very spoiled. I don't know of another dog that's even more spoiled than Roscoe, <laughs> but he's a sweetheart and he keeps me company when Hal's out playing golf mm -hmm. three days a week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but other than that, he's a sweet baby. But now he and Major doesn't get along too good. That's mostly Major's fault. Major's antisocial. Major's my dog, which I'm sure I've talked... I mean, I know I've talked about it on the podcast, but just to remind everybody. Yeah. Major's my dog. He's a grumpy old man. He doesn't get along with other dogs, so... Yeah, where he's like 14. 14, yeah. 14, and Roscoe's just four. So I guess that really does make a difference because it's like putting a baby with a great-great-great-granny. They don't <laughs> yeah. get along because Granny said, oh, take this home. Yeah. Take it I home. I can't deal with this. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, they don't get along too well. No. But other than that, and Roscoe always got along with Argos. Yeah. They really liked each other. Yeah, well, Argos liked everybody. Yeah, he was a true sweetheart. So, but I guess that's about it. Okie dokie. Well, thanks for visiting or uh, visiting Weekly Buddy Time and actually coming to Maryland and visiting me up here. Oh, yes. So. We just came from Willie's Kitchen. Willie's Kitchen. If you're ever in Maryland, go to Willie's Kitchen. It is great. It's good food, and they are very friendly. Yes. So we enjoyed that, and we are enjoying Baltimore. I mean, Maryland. Well, we went to Baltimore, too. Yeah, we went through Baltimore. Got to see a few ships. Went through the tunnel that goes under the yes, water, the harbor. Yes, I still want to know how they built that. Yeah, me too. We'll have to look that up. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine building a tunnel underwater. I know. So yeah. that's fascinating. Yes. So anyway, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving and got full. So now you're going to be eating leftovers for two or three days. Yep. And that'll be good. It'll be something different because you'll get to do it again in about four weeks. <laughs> yep, exactly. They <laughs> so, need to space out these holidays. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> have a good rest of the Thanksgiving. And I was glad to talk to you. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, Mom. I love you too, sweetie. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, uh, Devin. I think that wraps it up. And um, awesome! Yeah, I just want to thank. I just want to thank everyone for listening to the stories of our of the matriarchs in our families. Oh and, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled program. I believe this uh, week was supposed to be the November check-in, but yeah. obviously we saw this opportunity <laughs> and couldn't let it slip away. So exactly. we'll be back uh, next episode with our regularly scheduled check-in and go from there to wrap up 2021. Oh my so. gosh, it's getting close. It's I know, getting it real really is. close, y'all. We got one more month left, <laughs> so we'll have to see yes. what we're doing, what we're focusing on for the month of December. Yes, uh, find out next week. Uh, and as always, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash weekly buddy time. You can send us a message at weeklybuddytime at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you, and we like to know how your 2021 went too. So yes, send, send us some messages. <laughs> yes, messages. <laughs> messages. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. <laughs> Please Just and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you next week, Stacey. Okay, sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. A Hoots Media Production. Hoot, 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 ho